It's past ten. Good morning to Angie, who writes in, I'm ready for my Steve Vines fix. Bring it on, Phil. Who was that Steve Vines imposter you had on last week? Ugh, didn't like that bloke. He was sugar and spice and all things nice to the Hong Kong government. Will the real Steve Vines stand up, please? Yeah, I, I, I do think I owe listeners an apology. Can I say, last week was an aberration, and honestly, I promise not to do it again. Yep. But, you know... Sometimes in Hong Kong, promises get broken. He, he was trying out a new... <laughs> but honestly, I, I, know, I know where you're coming from, and I, <laughs> I, I know it's not good enough, and so I do apologise. New business model last week, Steve Vine sponsored by Xanax. <laughs> Stop it. Good to see you back. Thank you, yes. Um, I think we're... Um, we're, we're well, uh, let's start as we mean to go on this week. Uh, enough, enough of Mr Nice. Yeah. Uh, now we have this situation with this poor woman and it turns out there's more than one, who's been terribly abused by her employer. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, she's now in, in, in court, and we'll see what happens with that. There's many aspects to this, but the one thing that you know absolutely is this will happen again. Why will it happen again? Because the government completely refuses to change the system which encourages abuse. It's a system whereby um, foreign domestic workers have, by law, to live with their employers, however unsatisfactory are the living conditions, although, in fact, in their contracts it's laid down that there should be minimum space provided, etc., etc. This is widely flouted. Um, they have to come on these very short contracts, I mean, these, these very fixed-term contracts, so that if they change employer, it's extremely difficult to do so without leaving Hong Kong. So they're tied into an employer, regardless of how abusive or whether they pay them and all these other things... So then they say, ah, oh, yes, but the rules can't be changed. Well, why can't the rules be changed? I mean, I, I really do feel for this, this woman who was beaten up and apparently two others were allegedly also beaten up. But the fact of the matter is we will, hit, we will see another of these appalling cases, I guarantee to you, within the space of this coming year. And then, oh, that's right, then, then you, suddenly the police get interested and they send four officers over to Indonesia, two social workers, a total of six people, go and interview this person. I wonder if they'd do the same if she was, say, in Tin Soi Wai or Yoon Long. The fact of the matter is that, um, and I know this because I've, I've spoken to people in the Migrant Workers um, Association, is that, generally speaking, when one of these cases is reported to the police, the first response domestic helpers get is... I don't believe you. Mm. The second response, maybe when they're already in a hospital or they've got visible scars. I mean, do you really have to wait until someone looks beaten up, you know, looks as though a, a, a car has run over them before you take action? The second response then might be, well, I suppose we could come over and investigate this. But, you know, there isn't the law of foreign travel to get four police officers to go over to Indonesia. Doesn't happen in Tin Soi Wai. Doesn't happen in Central, for that matter. Mm. So... I mean, there is something stinking and rotten about the system. And it's a, it's a system that allows these abusive employers to do what they do. Now, I'm very pleased that, that there is now a case um, in court, and there have been others, of abusive employers. And, you know, these are criminal acts. Let's, let's not pussyfoot around it. And they should be um, prosecuted. And we'll see whether they <coughs> the prosecution ends in a conviction. But... It's, it really is the tip of the iceberg because there's so much of this going on. And, it, you know, 
until they they stand back and say we've got what is it 300,000 foreign domestic workers here's a very large number of people why can't we have a system which is at least vaguely equitable for the employees as well as the employers Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if this might encourage people to pick up the phone a bit more might encourage domestic helpers to pick up the phone a bit more in extreme cases not just willy-nilly well i think it may well do but as i say um if you if you speak to people who who um represent uh migrant workers they say that normally speaking when they go to the police they don't get much of a response i bet they get short shrift quite frankly they do that's that's what happens so i mean in this case this this woman in, in Indonesia, has very visible injuries. So, and you know, so. it's very hard to argue that, that, that she's crying wolf. As I say, there's another two women who've now come forward and said that in before this case got the publicity, they didn't think it was worthwhile trying to get any kind of redress. Here's the deal, Steve. Even when you adopt a puppy, you have to go through some sort of credibility checks. Does this happen at all when it comes to employing domestic The helpers? only thing that you have to prove, in effect is financial capability. I mean, you have, to, you have to be able to show that you can afford to, to pay their wages. Which isn't usually, a, on which, the whole, a problem. Because they're pretty low. I mean, 3600 a month for a domestic slave, which is how some of them are treated, is actually a very small price to pay. Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, while we're at it, then, of course, you have the whole question of, of the agency system under which the bulk of foreign domestic workers are employed. Now, the agents... I don't want to say they're all like that, but basically what they're interested in is getting their money back from the contracts. So their advice will always be, oh, well, it might be a difficult situation, but may I remind you, you do owe us still 100000 bucks, so Ooh. we would like you to pay off your debt. So, you know, every way you turn, if you're a domestic helper, you, you run into either a wall of indifference or actually a wall of obstruction. There doesn't seem to be a nice open gate you can walk through it's got the t- problems. It's sort of got the timeline for this lady's case in the paper this morning, and it sort of goes back to that. Some of the real big stuff was last July, I believe. Yeah. And it, I don't know, what do we call it? <coughs> Stockholm Syndrome or, or something that the fear of making people not... Well, I think... You pick know, up, pick up the phone. phone. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, y- you know, I, I mean, I do directly know of one case that, 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 that completely went away purely because... Um, the uh, woman who was doing the abusing of this domestic helper was contacted by the neighbours mm-hmm. who, who said, you know, we, we're going to report you to the police. She did, incidentally, exactly what this employer did. She bustled the, that person onto a plane. I think it was back to the Philippines. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about Anyway, the fact is she was bustled onto a plane and she moved out of the area where we all knew about her. Well, big deal. That's, I mean, it's a small yeah, place. <laughs> it's a small place. Well, I mean, you know, it's a very small community where I live, so people do know quite intimately about these things. Yeah. But there was no redress. And I don't know whether that, that poor woman who was bundled onto a plane ever got fully paid up. She certainly didn't get compensated for, for the abuse that she'd suffered while she was So this is another bundling onto a plane, because yes, that, was, attempt- yes, that yes. was attempted this time. Yes. Well, no, it wasn't attempted. It was done. She was bundled. No, she tried to then herself leave Hong Kong. Right. But previously, she'd put, which is why this woman is in Indonesia. Right. Here's an email from Chris. Morning, gentlemen. I've worked in areas of Hong Kong with large numbers of domestic helpers. I'm well aware of the horror stories on both sides. Without commenting on the specific cases in the news at the moment, the overriding problem is that the system is not fit for the purpose. The government is complicit in the abuse as it does not enforce its own rules in respect of space entitlement, working hours, etc. 
Chris says, I've never been able to understand how the government can allow contracts when it must be perfectly obvious from the address of the employer that there is no way they can comply with the conditions. Well, that's a good point, isn't it? Thanks, Chris. It's a good point, yeah. Morningbrew.rthk.hk. I think people have got a lot to say on this one. It's very difficult not just to scoff on a rant. I'm really... Yeah. I'm glad I you're mean, not. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, you, you, you can say, oh, you know, isn't this appalling? Look at her injuries. I mean, I, I kind of take it for granted that anybody with an ounce of human um, feeling would look at that and say, my God, how can that be acceptable in, civil, you know, in a civilised society? I don't... I, I mean... So, sometimes you get sort of overkill of people saying how terrible it is. So what needs fixing here? The approach of the cops, uh, the, the, the government rules and regulations, or, or a combination of them? Yeah. I mean, it's really difficult, I'm sorry, it's really easy to generalise, but we've all heard stories basically saying that, you know, your average Bobby here has a bit of a difficulty dealing with anything to do with foreigners, and that doesn't just include us white devils. Yeah, no, I, well, that's true. I mean, at the very minimum, there's a language barrier. Because, of course, those most domestic helpers don't speak Chinese. A lot of the Indonesians do, though. Well, quite a lot of the Thais do as well. Right. But, 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 you know, by and large, even if they do speak Chinese, they're not wholly fluent in the language. So there's a language barrier. There's an attitude barrier That's as what I'm well. on about. And I don't know how you overcome an attitude barrier. But it can be done. I mean, it can be done. You know, there, there was... Um, and uh, there was. Why should I talk about the past tense? There, there is an enormous controversy in places like Britain and the United States over the way the police interact with the black community. Well, we've known you that know, for years, haven't black, we? Black youth walks down the road. <clears> hello, <throat> hello, what's he up to? Um, you know, white guy walks down the road and, oh, he must be going home. He must have just finished work. Yeah. You know, assumptions are made. But, I mean, I can tell you for a fact that the situation is not as bad as it was. It's still controversial. There's still lots of fuss about it. But they, the, at least the cops in those two jurisdictions have taken an enormous amount of trouble to try and do something about the attitudes of the uh, people on the street. Mm. Now, the results have been mixed, you know. But, you know, things are never that simple. You know, day one, it's all bad. Day two, it's all good. It doesn't happen like that. It takes time. But in Hong Kong... No effort is being made whatsoever. There's not the smallest indication that, that, that policemen are being instructed to take complaints like this seriously, to listen more carefully, to try and understand people who don't speak the language, etc., etc. There's a very cool website and advocacy group that's sprung up. It's not sudden. This was happening anyway. It's called hkhelperscampaign.com. I talked to the guy who's behind that, Tom Grundy, very interesting bloke, and they're making some big noise, which is great. Mm. I said to him the other day, Tom, do you think the Hong Kong administration has been caught with its trousers down on this one? I'll ask you the same. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it is very embarrassing. You know, you have, in fact, you have the president of Indonesia saying, I want answers. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't a small, um, a, a small call. This is a very significant um, question from the head of state of one of the biggest countries in Southeast Asia. Mm. And the Hong Kong government, to the best of my knowledge, actually hasn't, hasn't responded. To? To President Udiono. Yes. So um, I presume something will happen, but you don't know. I mean, you know, the, the, meanwhile, meanwhile, 
they're still busy in, among the Hong Kong government issuing, you know, um, travel bans, not travel bans, but travel warnings on anybody going to the Philippines and, you know, saying... That's still up there. And I'm, I'm, there, I'm just wondering if it's waiting. been forgotten about well, and that's why know, it's still there. You remember the ultimatum about, you know, you must pay compensation to the victims of the, the bus attack, otherwise we will... Um, Stop sending our domestic <laughs> helpers here? Well, OK, what a good idea. Let's yeah. try it out. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, like all... I mean... It just adds to the uh, to the very long, very long right. list of things that this administration doesn't doesn't think out and doesn't actually do. See I mean, you know, things see, just don't get done. Yeah, see what Long said the other day in English on the news clip, we don't tolerate this kind of thing. Well, it seems that you have tolerated it. Well, you've got a system the that tolerates it. worst kept secret it. in the world, yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. Huh? And, 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 you know, I mean, that, let's be slightly fair to Hong Kong. Well, why would not be entirely fair to Hong Kong? In fact, this is endemic. Abuse of uh, domestic helpers is endemic throughout Southeast Asia. Yeah. There's been very some bad cases reported. Yeah, I was going to say, Singapore. Um, there's been some terrible cases reported in Malaysia as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's... We need it, an anthropologist on this, <laughs> don't we? Because... Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe, you know, race plays more, more of a Come part on. of this than, than uh, we're supposed to acknowledge. But there is something very bad going on. It does. It just... And, and of course... I mean, you know, while we're at it, of course, there was the the, the rather extraordinary case in, in New York of the Indian diplomat who apparently um, had abused her, her domestic helper and then in turn seemed to have been abused by the New York police. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. A, you know, I can, this stuff goes around the world. It's, it's certain- just here... When you have three hundred thousands of these people here, you're, you're you're talking about a very very large figure within a population of seven million. I'm glad you mentioned around the world because all the big news organisations have got this. All the big, the Beebs, the CNNs, yeah. and everybody has got this. They picked and, it up, and and, they, and it's focused a microscope on an already very fractious and frustrated Hong Kong. Mm. That's why I said pants down. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean you know, I mean. Well, 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 you've got some idiot jumping up and down and saying, you know, we've become the technology hub of the world. Uh, <laughs> and everyone, you know, you're in, you're in a news office in New York, you go, yeah, next. Yeah, really. <laughs> but they go, hey, this is a bit of a story. Well, we'll put that in the paper. Oh, it's up there. Let's wrap yeah. up with a comment from Richard who says, Manila in reverse, question mark, in a perverse way. I know what he's going on about. And he says, where's the outrage from the public? Well, there is some, not enough. All right, then. We'll come back in a bit. Obviously, we're going to go into other areas, but your email's most welcome. Morningbrew at rthk.hk. It's 20 to 11, still here with Steve Vines. I've got another email for you from Steve. Great said, name. Great name. He said, I agree with everything that's been said this morning so far. He says the Hong Kong government response to this is, as always, nothing more than face-saving since the incident has been internationally publicised. While in Hong Kong, they do nothing more than pay lip service to their own laws. Speaking of the Indonesian president's comments, let's not forget that the Indonesian agencies are complicit in this abuse, underpayment and human trafficking to some extent. I would like to know if you have heard what the Indonesian authorities are doing about that. All all that I've heard, and, you know, there may be more going on, is that the agency in question that employed the helper who's now in hospital is being investigated, and it's been indicated they're going to close that one down. But... Maybe they're investigating more than that. I don't know. Do you know what? Completely unrelated. There was an anti-child abuse campaign in the UK. I don't know Mm. if you've heard about this. Very clever. There were posters at bus stops where if you were short and you'd have to look up, you'd see something in your eyesight that said, if you've been hurt, call this number. Now, if you're an adult and you look down, it's done in that way so that you don't see that. 
Yeah, that is clever. It's very clever, and apparently yeah. it's really, really worked, because if, you, if you're an adult, it just looks like a picture of something. Right. But back to my original question, I'm just wondering if this is going to make people who think that they're being abused be confident enough... Well, I don't to know. To do something I about mean, it. I mean, my, my hope, of course, is that the, the abusers will be reported and will be dealt with. Uh, my realistic expectation is that that will be rather limited. To some extent, is this case going to open even minor floodgates? Well, I mean, I think not, for the simple reason that this isn't the first case. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we have had other cases People say, which well, look, are very similar. She, she's managed to do it. I think I should tell somebody yeah. about X, Y, or Z. I think it will encourage some people who are in a bad situation, or at the very least, encourage them, say, to go to the Migrant Workers Association and say, what do you think I should do about this? Yeah. But I must stress this is not the first case of this kind oh no and it hasn't led in the past to um you know a greater awareness of the problem or indeed of more being done to tackle it on any kind of systematic basis so you know i'd I'd love to be able to sit here and say yeah well i think we're at a turning point but I, i just don't think so yeah yeah but um talking of turning points um our um very wonderful <clears throat> and very tall, if I may say so. Here it comes. Chief Executive, Mr. C.Y. Lung, has decided... Uh, this is really interesting. Oh, before has, you tell me this, yes. a, a listener said to me the other day, I don't think C.Y. is short for his Chinese name. He said, I think it's short for Cyril. So John says we've got to call him Cyril for now. Oh, OK, Cyril. Go on, then. Well, I don't think that Cyril... I quite like that. <laughs> it's good, I don't it? think that Cyril... Nice one, Cyril. Uh, <laughs> um, um, is... Um, Uh, Where are we? Oh, I get mixed up with myself, let alone anybody else. I don't think that the reasons he's proffered for being the first chief executive since the inauguration of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region um, to not attend the opening of the biggest sporting event that's held in Hong Kong, which is the the marathon, the explanation he has proffered why this year he's not going is, A, he's going on holiday. Oh, I can see Steve's lame survey. Reasons for not turning <laughs> up to the marathon. Was, A, I've got a 10-day holiday. B, I've got a lot of homework to do. And C, and this is the one I really like, is that I can't go to that one because if I keep going to the same events all the time, I won't be able to go to any other events. So when, for example, somebody from, you know, a armpit province on the mainland says, Cyril, would you like to come visit us? Do you think he says, no, I've got a lot of homework to do. I can't do that. I can't do that. So anyway, but what people are saying, and this is where it's all tip of the iceberg stuff, is that the reason he won't go is because the marathon is sponsored by Standard Chartered Bank. Standard Chartered Bank has been leaned on to withdraw its adverts from the next publications, which run Apple Daily as well. And they have been told that their big customers are very unhappy about the fact that the bank is advertising in a pro-democracy organisation. This is not just idle gossip. Steve's got, in quotes, a source. (laughs) I I do have some quite considerable knowledge of this. Um, It's not just Standard Chartered that's been lent upon. Of course, there is a well-known advertising boycott of of Apple and Next by big companies. KS Lee's companies, for example, will never advertise in there, uh, although they advertise in practically every other major media, or not practically, in every other major media in Hong Kong. Um, There is a quite overt campaign to stop people advertising, and um, the Next people have talked about it. Um, It's also been talked about by the 
free paper AM730, mm. who said that they may well go under because of the advertising boycott. And AM730, incidentally, is not, you know, some great big um, pro-democracy um, outlet. I mean, not certainly not to the level of Apple Daily, which runs quite a lot of columnists yeah. who are not favoured by the boys in Beijing. I mean, AM730... Uh, 730 rather runs some of those column or some columnists that aren't popular yeah. up north but it doesn't make a habit of it so what we're seeing is many ways to skin a rat so to speak you can't actually close these publications down but you can starve them through the back door of the source of revenue that keeps them open now this is very insidious indeed and in the case of the bank there's another major bank in Hong Kong that has already withdrawn its advertising from the next group. And that was, again, they, they very shamefacedly apparently went along to those guys and said, look, I'm really sorry, but our big customers tell us if we advertise with you, they won't be our big customers anymore. We're out. So I don't know if this is a centrally orchest orchestrated one of those big words arranged. that I can't say, arranged <laughs> campaigns. I don't know whether it's um, something that, that, that um, is being done on a more ad hoc basis, but the result is very clear. Yeah. Don't advertise, even though Apple Daily is uh, one of the biggest selling newspapers in, in Hong Kong. It doesn't receive the kind of av advertising that is commensurate with the size of its readership. Mm. And that's not a coincidence. In fact, you know, the advertisers have told the people in their advertising department, we're not advertising with you because that Jimmy Lai that runs the business is a dangerous pro-democracy. He's not the Messiah, he's a naughty boy. He's very naughty and we don't like him. According to our news yesterday, Cyril said he won't be available due to a tight schedule following a 10-day holiday. He added that had he been to the opening, he'd been to the opening ceremony before, it was now time to go to other events. Well... What, yes. would, what, what, what should he have said, Steve, if he wanted to? Cause well, I mean, you know, I think actually he should have gone. That would have been the simplest way of getting around that particular problem. But of course he won't go now because Cyril is never wrong. Once he's said he's not going to do something, he won't do it. But surely somebody, but, somebody in that position is above special interests. It's the job, it's not the person. You would think so. You would think so, wouldn't you? But, I mean, um, now, it, it's very funny... All of these anti-democracy activists, uh, or, or they're, they're sometimes referred ludicrously as pro-establishment, um, but the anti-democracy activists now keep saying, you know, it's terrible. All these pro-democracy people are going around politicising society. Well, hello, you know, cap and fit. It does seem to me that if you're doing things like this targeting publications trying to starve them from their revenue mm. what is that is that not political what is that is mm. that um you know i mean i'm not saying frankly that 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 it shouldn't happen because it's impossible to stop this but i do think that it should be done under the spotlight of public scrutiny let people know what is going on if you want politicization you know don't go round and go oh it's terrible there's politicization going on in hong kong Ooh, we don't like that it's all right for us because we're, we're the boys in control but you you know you the great unwashed you shouldn't be politicized it's all a bit obvious this where do you think this one comes from is it is it kennedy town well, <laughs> wherever it is well i think it is <laughs> at western as they as they like to call it yeah i think a lot of it does come from the liaison office i mean the liaison office is a very busy little place yeah. people dashing in and out there like um you know um 
Oh, I was going to make an image. Flies that, that, yeah, yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, we won't say that. Right, we won't say that. Bees around uh, honey. Bees around honey, indeed. That was the phrase I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> and um, um, there is a lot of that going on. But there's also the tone set from the north. I mean, what you see under Xi Jinping is very interesting. Is It seems to me a very, very clear signals as being sent out that, that, that the new regime in Beijing will tolerate economic reform, will talk about all sorts of economic and indeed fiscal reforms, yeah. but that goes hand in hand, not side by side, hand in hand, with a crackdown on dissent, with a greater intolerance of opposition voices. You've seen all these new media controls on the mainland. You've seen the people being arrested recently. You've seen um, things that were previously permitted being banned, websites being blocked much more systematically. So, you know, if that is the prevailing mood up north, it doesn't come as an enormous surprise to me that by the time the wind has blown all the way down to Hong Kong, people don't pick up the signals of what should be done. Mm. So often these things are not done by somebody saying, you go to Standard Chartered Bank, tell them not to advertise in Apple Daily. Some of it is people understand what they're expected to do. A few more minutes with Steve, if you want to write. Love to hear from you. Morningbrew at rthk.hk. Tracy Kwan sent me an interesting email yesterday, Steve. We were talking about bits and pieces on the programme, and then that news story came out about Princeling's, you know, stuffing their money in tax havens and stuff. And Tracy said, you know, this article, it's from The Guardian, I think, this article is blocked in other parts of China. Um, Oh, it's blocked entirely. Yeah, and and she actually said to me, is it blocked there? I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. This is one of the freest places on the planet, as weird as that sounds. Well, here in Hong yeah, Kong, really. yes. Yeah, well, that's, you know, I mean, every time we talk about how things are, are, are going to hell in a handcart and how, you know, for example, this pressure on the pro-democracy media in Hong Kong is increasing, I think we, we have to add the caveat, yet, yet, compared with the rest of China situation here is not a little different it's phenomenally different just to let you know this coming weekend's letter to hong kong is going to be cyril himself in the flesh my mate cyril sunday morning are you writing it for him i wish i was <laughs> <laughs> i mean he asked me but i said honestly i'm busy he says, i'm going to go away for a 10-day holiday and what's more if i write it for you everybody will ask me to write their letter from hong kong so i'm not doing it reasons i could have <laughs> reasons i could have given for not going to the marathon <laughs> Now on Radio 3, letter to Hong Kong. Take my wife, please. (laughs) No, no, no. You say that. But, you know, the Blame My Wife, which we we, we now call the Henry Tang defence. Yeah. uh, I didn't know what was going on. Is is very... It's come up yet again. The Henry Tang defence. Yes, the Henry Tang defence. Blame My Wife. Um, There's this mini scandal growing up over the tax haven thing. You know, all these big guys pushing money into tax havens. So you've got these two members of the Commission on Poverty. Don't laugh. Oh, yeah, this is a cracker. Go on. Two members of the Commission Henry Cheng of New World, who uh, <laughs> whose dedication to the poor is, is completely uh, without question, who it turns out that, you know, they, that New World's got all these offshore things for tax... Uh, allegedly for tax avoidance purposes. But then you've got um, my, my other friend, and a good friend of Cyril's, incidentally... <laughs> Um, Mr. Uh, Lamshuk Yi, who says, um, who's, who's on the commission, he's there from the Federation of Trade Unions. Brothers. When I was a lad, trade unions used to represent workers, but apparently they don't do that anymore. Anyway, he's also got these offshore tax arrangements, and he says, because he's brave, yeah. he says, well, that was my wife. 
I don't know what she does. 